So we're continuing in chapter 5 of Nesiv Ha'avoda. The, uh, okay, so we are continuing in different nuances and aspects of the um, Tfila prayer and uh, what that, you know, each one of those nuances, what it adds to our to our prayer. So we're going to start off with a Gemara in the same place, Gemara Brochus, obviously, that's where most of these Gemaras are going to be located. Amar Rebbe Chizda, Le'olam Yikonis Adam Shteip Sachim, a person should always enter through two entrance ways into the shul, into the synagogue to pray. As the Gemara, do you really think it means you have to come in through two entrance ways? Rather, it must mean uh, the amount, the distance of two entrance ways. And then you daven, then you pray. Now, by the way, we'll just do a little bit of analysis over here of how to learn a piece of Gemora. Why was the Gemora perplexed by the initial statement? What was difficult about the initial statement that, that we had to go and change it afterwards? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Why not? A person who wants to start again, they have to go in a second time. It's impractical. Yeah, so what, what does that mean? You can't go into two two doors simultaneously. Not simultaneously, but the point is, yeah, you you come into you come into the synagogue. Yeah. So yeah, now some synagogues actually you should know have. Two entrances mean one, and then a uh, whatever it is a coat room or a lounge room or whatever, like we have up in the front, mm-hmm. and then another an- and then another entrance after that to come into the inside the shul itself. Right. And by the way, that is based on the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi does not change the initial statement; it leaves it, and the Bach brings it lahalacha that uh, ideally. A synagogue should indeed have the outer doors. You come in, and then there's some sort of a area, and, and, and then you come in from that deeper into the actual basic uh, knesses, the actual prayer room. That's that's uh, what we seem to be told over here. But the Gemara says, "Le'olam," you should always do this. Now, how can you guarantee to always do that? What if you happen to be davening the shul where you don't have such a setup? You know, you walk in and there's only one doorway. So what are you supposed to do? Go walk in, come out, walk in again. <laughs> okay, if you're in charge of the constructions, but what if you're not the person in charge of the renovations, right? You can't put up walls and doors or whatever you want. So, uh, yeah, so you're saying come down at, at, at Terrasami, at the coal over here. Good. But, so you're, so the Gemara understands that that can't be uh, the, the intent of the statement from Rav Chizda. So, so rather, we say it means when you come in, come in two entrance ways in the amount. Yeah, the, the amount that you walk in. So what's, what's the width of an entranceway? The width of an entranceway is how much a door swings, let's say, right? So you come in. Why is it one entranceway? Because one entranceway, everybody walks in that far because if you stay closer than that, you're going to be an obstacle for the next people walking in. When you, when you walk into a place, you don't stand like you, you step right in and you stand right there at the entrance. Because if you stay there, if you stay there, the next person coming in is not going to be able to. Uh, that's a different story. It's a different story. What is the practical utility of coming in? I'll explain. Yeah. 
So, so not only should you come in like one entranceway worth, which is what a person would do, they want to be inside, but not too far inside. And now we're told, no, don't stop there. Don't be one of those people that comes into a shul and you come in and you stop, you know, as soon as you clear the doorway, right? You take your three steps into the shul and you stop right there you, and you dive in and you leave right away. Rather, go ahead and enter another three steps. Okay? Now, obviously, why another three steps? Maybe you say another ten steps or whatever. What's this concept of a second entrance? So, a big rule that we want to learn is when the sages say a statement, even though afterwards we correct it, quote-unquote, because it's technically not uh, feasible or not practical or whatever it is, but nonetheless, when they said it that way initially, it's because they were alluding to a deeper concept, and that concept is going to stay. So now we're going to see the morale open that concept in a number of ways. Okay, and, and then by the way, you'll notice how in accordance with the Yerushalmi, with the Jerusalem Talmud, that we said that actually you should construct your synagogue like that, with an entrance, an antechamber, another entrance, it's actually going to work with that well. Now by the way, before we even think about this, uh, being that I mentioned the antechamber, when you think of a coming in for a meeting with a very important person, very, you know, uh, maybe the president, maybe a uh, some someone very powerful you think you just walk in off the street you open the door and you walk right in there he is sitting at the desk is that you is that how you envision that the meeting is gonna go no there's an antechamber right which means that you come in and then there's a waiting room or there's a, there's somewhere Where you get to take off your coat, you know, brush your hair, um, you know, have a drink of water before you right uh, at the water fountain over there, and then you come in. So notice what's happening here. Being out in the street, walking around, there's the hustle and bustle, there's the tumult of of the streets, whether it be weather-wise, that it's hot or cold or whatever it is, or, or um, you know, uh, the, the emotionally or intellectually, you're, you're, there, there's a, uh, the hustle and bustle of the, of the street. And when you come in, all of a sudden you, you find a, a quiet place into the waiting room and it gives a person a chance opportunity to compose himself so explains the morale what's happening is that and I think we've spoken about this concept before when you're trying to go from one state of existence one state of being a state of mind and step into a different state of mind so there's really two separate things you're trying to do one step out of that state of mind step away from whatever it is that you've been involved in over there clear your mind of those things and there's another thing which is to step into the new the, the, the new thing that you're going to be doing to focus your mind, etc. And that, by the way, explains the Nefesh Achayim is what we do when we take um, our three steps forward into davening and, and more so we, we take our three steps back and then three steps forward, right? So we take three steps back is to step away from our involvements in the physical world, whatever we've been doing, whatever we've been occupying our mind, and then to step forward, to step into engaging with spiritual, engaging with Hashem, engaging with um, a much higher realm. Okay?
So, so in other words, so again, uh, we first need to break away from our involvements that are occupying our minds, and then we have to step into where we're going. So that's the two entrances. The one entryway is from the street into a non-street place, and then from that courtroom into the private meeting with the king. That's and that explains why you're walking in. So even if you're walking into a place which has only one doorway, and you don't have the ability to create another doorway for yourself, right? So when you walk in, so it's natural to walk in at least one uh, doorway's worth, because that way you clear the door, right? Because it's a fire, it's a fire hazard. Otherwise, right? <laughs> clear the door, right? Um, but that just means you've you've come in from the street. But there's another thing to come into inside the shul, not just to be on the periphery, but to come in to make yourself that you're you're established inside the shul. Because what's the what's the point of what we're coming to do? You're coming to a shul. You're coming to be in Nizdabek and Hashem to cling to Hashem. To have that connection, not in some sort of a interrupted, on one foot type of a way, which could be done, you know, even in the street. A person walking in the street, he could, you know, say, Hashem, please help me, and I'm about to go, you know, have an important business meeting, whatever. Please help me. You, you could, you could do such a thing, but when you come into a basaknesis, which we talk about, uh, that's the Hebrew word for shul, is a house of gathering, you're gathering in to Hashem, there the point is absolute dveikos, absolute clinging, 100%. And to do that, you have to first break away from the street and then come in deeper inside. That's the two doorways. And by the way, notice, people do have a even though everyone knows, I think, I don't know everyone, but many people know, that there's a halachic preference to stand in front of the, the Mizrach, the, the eastern wall, meaning the wall, uh, the farthest most uh, wall where you're, uh, so to speak, closest to the, to the um, direction that we're praying in, and more than that, there's not anybody walking in front of you, interrupting, etc. So really, this eastern wall should be packed. Every single seat along it should be taken. And yet, Baruch, how many people are sitting in the, in the Mizrach for tefillah? You and I are two. There's two more, right? Most people are very hesitant to take that spot. Why? Because certain, whereas the periphery is very highly occupied. Yeah. Because people feel like, who am I? I'm going to go, I'm going to go stand right up in the front. Uh, uh, it's, uh, maybe it's arrogant they're concerned with or something like this. But, but there's, a, there's a certain Yetzirah, I would say, uh, which tells us, you know, yeah, on one foot. You, know, you, you come in, sneak in, stand in the back. You know, uh, take the nearest uh, siddur, uh, pray your prayer, and, 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 and get out. That, and that is absolutely the wrong thing. Because if you're looking to connect, take your coat off, come inside, go all the way in, you know, plant yourself front and center. That's what, that's what you're looking for, a real connection. Okay. Um, okay, it continues... Uh, the Gemara. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. They told Rabbi Yochanan that there are there are elders in Babylon. Rabbi Yochanan was living in Eretz Israel, and he heard that there's old Jews living in Babylon. He said, "How can there be? How can there be?" The pasuk says, Laman Yirbu Yemechem that your days should be increased. 
and the days of your children al ha'adama upon the land the land means the land of Israel that we've been given so that's the land where we're where we're able to live a long a lengthy life so how can people be living a long and lengthy life outside the land of Israel so he said to him that these elders they come early for prayer and they leave late they, they stay they stay long they, uh, so said, oh if that's the case then of course then sure because uh, like the Pasuk says Ashrei Odom Shomei happy is the man who listens to me Lishkod al dol sosai to make himself ever present on my doorways plural dol sosai yom yom lishmor mezuzos psachai and to guard the uh, doorposts of my entrances. So it's the same concept over here, obviously we're hearing that the, the double doorway, the coming in in a way of permanence, of establishing yourself in the house of God, so first of all, that'll give a person life. So first of all, just to understand, what's the comparison to the land of Israel? So the land of Israel is a place, this is our natural habitat, you know. If I were to tell you, hey, you know, it's really interesting. I was in New York, it's a true story. I was in New York and I saw a bunch of palm trees growing. What would you say? Palm trees. They were indoors. So, 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 so the truth is that they were inside the Twin Towers. Yeah. I saw this back, uh, whatever it was. Uh, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so they right? They had a whole bunch of palm trees over there. Anybody remember? Sure. So, but the boy, why? Why? How, how did you know? Otherwise, it might be fake because it can't be because palm trees don't naturally grow in New York, right? So. So the, so the Jewish people live, naturally live, naturally grow and blossom and flourish in a place of connection to Hashem. And that place is the, is the, uh, is Eretz Yisrael. So how can, so how can there be, okay, so, so you could uh, kind of make it to, uh, you could uh, plant, plant a, a tree and, uh, you can plant a palm tree and maybe in uh, you know, in, in some area that has uh, kind of okay conditions, but it, but it's not really gonna blo- It's not gonna live for a long time. It's gonna be. It's, it's not gonna do well. It's not gonna. It's not gonna live a long time. So, Yochanan said. So if you're in Israel, which means we're living in a in a place where you're in the house of God, Eretz Yisrael has a certain level of being like the house of God. That's where Hashem is to be found. So then you have a connection. But if you're out of land of Israel, so so how, how are you able to live such a long life? So the answer is because they made their house to be the, their primary residence, the base of Knesset, the, the house of God, the shul, or the base midrash, place of learning. So now, what do you mean? But it just says they would come there a bit earlier before the morning prayer. They would stay later after the evening prayer. So where do we see this? They made their, this is their whole house. This is, this is where they live. So the answer is, look, there's some, there's some people, how many people spend most of their day in their house? Or even, or, you know, uh, Usually you're you're away from the house more hours than you are at home. So what makes one the house and one and one and one you know, the office or the you know whatever it is wherever else a person might be going? The answer is the house is where uh, is where you go when you have spare time when, when you have more time when you get a little bit more time right? Oh, I got off work early today, so, so I went home. So, so I mean I got home early, right? Or or you know, 
a house where a person wants to be when he doesn't need to be somewhere else. You gotta be somewhere else. You, you, you have to go somewhere else. Then you're making a house. Those people probably have a little refrigerator in, 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 in <laughs> office, right? Uh, listen, Elon Musk uh, sleeps sleep, exactly sleeps there, right? So that's his house. He's 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 uh, clearly saying. I mean, he mm-hmm. wants people to know that, and he wants his employees to book, to live that way as well. So guess what? He learned the lesson from God. Right? God is saying, "I want this to be your house." Right? This this is where you are when you have when you can steal a few minutes, then you go up. You you go. Oh, you go I could go uh, uh, ten minutes early. Right? Then early morning Seder starts what time, Raboruch? Which, which part of it? Early morning Seder starts? 6 a.m. But some people steal a few minutes, they come a little bit extra. Yeah, so that's a place to go to meet Hashem, to go to. If you can make it that you live in the same house where Hashem lives, then you get to live for a long time because that's the source of life, obviously. Right? That's the source. Hashem is the source of life. Just like Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, is a is a place where Jewish people can be connected and therefore live long lives. So, too, even in Chutzlars, even outside the land of Israel. But as long as we are planted in the house of God, in the base of Knesset, then that's going to be called living with God. Um, okay, now obviously that's uh, that's life. That's what gives a person a long life. Like the pasuk says, "Ki motzai motzachaim." Those that find me find life. Hashem says, "Those that find me find life." So we see here that you have to find Hashem. Hashem is it's not, it's not a natural thing. It's not a natural thing for a physical person to connect. You have to, you have to go into the inner. You have to go deeper in to find that connection. And in there you find life, just like with, by the way with us. Uh, on the outside of a person, you don't have life. The life is in, it's in the heart, right? It's, it's, it's deep inside. Okay. Uh, the external is uh, half dead. You know, the skins, the skin cells are all dead. All the outer layer of skin is, is all dead. You have to go through all that, come in, and then come in again into the inside of the person to find his life. So too, uh, in in the basic nessus, we have to come inside and then come inside again to be to cling to Hashem. Okay. Um, okay, and and uh, that's uh, how a person is going to bring down all the blessing. In other words, uh, air to soil. There's a physical air to soil, the land of Israel, which yields physical fruit. And the sages tell us that, in fact, all the foods and fruit of the world are nurtured somehow or another uh, from the land of Israel. There's like a, you could, that, that's like the, uh, the heart from where uh, blessing is pumped to the whole world. Right? That's why Shlomo was able to plant all the different fruits of the whole world in uh, Eretz Yisrael. He knew which like, little, little um, artery was going to which part of the world. Right, so whichever unique fruit was growing over there, he could identify that artery in the land of Israel. He could plant there, and and have that fruit growing there. So that's the um, that's the connection in the, in the physical sense. But so too, obviously, above of uh, the land of Israel is the spiritual land of Israel, which is the is a code word in the uh, Kabbalistic literature 
for the place from where blessings come into our lives, all sorts of blessings. Uh, so, and and again, that a base knesses being miniature base hamigdash, a miniature uh, temple, that, that then that taps into the same thing. Also has those two two aspects. What are the two aspects? Uh, the uh, physical, actual, and then the spiritual for both. So just like physically, in Pesach Knesses, it's a house, base house, Knesses of gathering. That's the place where the Jewish people gather, right? So it's the gathering place. So just like in there's a song we're saying, it's the place where. Uh, all the vasculature gathers that, that from there uh, it goes out to all the places in the world um, so to the Besa Knesset is a gathering place uh, for the Jewish people of that place okay so um, and again so if you want to connect to that life source over there you can't just come into the Besa Knesset you have to come into the Besa Knesset and then you have to come in again into the inner uh, of the inner. By the way, obviously in the temple, that was the case. First came in to the Kodesh, and then you could, you would come into the Kodesh HaKadosh, right? Into the Holy of Holies. Okay. Um, continuing. So much so is a basic necessity, the importance of davening in the basic Knesset, and specifically coming uh, coming early to the basic Knesset, the Gemara, the, the Midrash tells a very interesting story that there was a uh, there was a woman who just got so old that she had outlived everyone, everyone she knew, all of her friends, all of her uh, children. She was uh, ancient, and she came to Rabbi Yossi ben Chalafta, and she said, "I'm so old. I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm miserable because I don't. You know, none of my none of my family's alive anymore. None of my none of my children are even alive, and I'm so old. I just I don't get uh, help me to not be here anymore." So he said to her, well, why don't you tell me how, how is it that you married her to live for so long? So she said to him, no matter what important thing I had going on, whatever, how much I, I wanted it, um, I would leave it and I would, and I would make sure to be early in, in, the, in the basic classes, to, to, to come early to Davan and Shul. Every day of my life, I never missed. So he said to her, okay, for three days, don't come to Shul. For three days, she didn't come and she passed away. Um, and from here we see, says, says the Midrash, the, the power of coming early and like the, you know, the concept that you find life, you find connection to Hashem over there okay now uh, Gimorin Sota says a fascinating thing not only should you seek out a basic knesses, a place to daven a, a shul it says the Gemara between two that you're kind of happy with either one pick the farther one to go to Better to go to the farther one. Why? Because Hashem is going to give you a reward for the extra steps that you're taking, for the extra travel that you're doing to get there. Now, at first sight, this looks very perplexing because, uh, I mean, maybe I should just pick the closer one and spend an extra amount of time praying in there. Right? Isn't, isn't the prayer the 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 preferred thing, that's really what I'm out to do, right? So, so the morale has a uh, very deep take on it. He explains like this, that uh, fundamentally what we're looking to do 
when we go, when we, when we pray to Hashem, when we, when we daven, is we're looking to cling to Hashem, we're looking for a closeness, to, for a connection. That's, that's fundamentally what uh, tefillah is. So, now, when you're, so who's closer? Someone who is going towards something or someone who is already standing next to it? Who is closer? Someone who is heading towards something or someone who is standing next to it? You say standing next to it. But if you think about it like this, when I'm heading towards all there is is a power, a momentum, a, a desire for closeness. When I get there, I'm necessarily going to have to hit the brakes because I don't want to plow the person over, right? So I need to leave them their uh, whatever it is, their three feet, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know. Social distancing, right? We all learned about social distancing. So, so when I'm heading towards Hashem, I'm only thinking closest to Hashem. When I actually get there, I also have to recognize, whoa, one second, this is this is intense. This is serious business. I can't can't get too close. You know, you don't want to walk into the fire, right, and, and burn yourself. Oh yeah. Well, you've heard, I, know there is. I don't know if you've heard about these two wonderful, very holy people, the sons of Arna Cohen, Nadav and Avihu. They came too close and they got burnt up by the holy fire. That is, that is very few people in the entire history. This is not typical. Um, it's like hitting the limit. Think to yourself like this. When you're standing in front of the king, yeah? you need to make sure to keep your distance. When you come into your, to your meeting finally with the king, you went, came in from the street, into the antechamber, you brushed your hair, you took off your coat, had a drink, gathered your thoughts, you come in, right? That's all forward movement. And then as you're approaching, boom, you hit a brick wall, conceptually, right? Why? Because if you take another step forward, it's actually going to be insulting to the king. You can't get that close. So now, all of a sudden, you, there's a counteracting force of awe, of Europe, of distance, where you can't continue getting closer. It stops you. Appropriately so. You have to respect. You have to respect the king. Right? But the point is, Until you got there, it was all forward movement. It was all movement towards closeness. When you get there, the closeness is tempered with distance. Now there's a balance. So, the, it, it, to a certain extent, when you're going, it's a, it's a pure closeness than when you've arrived. Uh, you asked the question about who's closer, uh, walking further or being right there. When you're walking further, you're walking with Hashem. How so? Because that's on your mind. The further you are, you have to get to show that's on your mind. So you're ready, preparing, rather than... Not hearing an explanation. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe this, this is telling us that, but, but the explanation of it, I think, is then one of them, we, we all have two functions. One is expansive, one is contractive. Expansive is usually called chesed, contractive is called yira, or, you know, gvura, uh, din, whatever terms we want to use it. One is I go, I'm going towards something, I want closeness to it. And the other one is, well, not so close. I got I have to leave, I have to leave space for you, I have to leave space for me. Right, uh, so that is uh, uh, so. So to a certain extent, when a person is going to shul to daven, they are going without no holds bars. They're just going. 
the, the faster the better, so to speak. So that is uh, unique to that. Other mitzvahs do not have this. Actually, there's no, there's no uh, concept of, oh, go to the farther sukkah or go to the farther, uh, you know, uh, bookstore, whatever it is, right? Uh, to buy, to buy your, uh, your safer. That we don't have to your concept. But only when you're going to approach Hashem and there's going to be an awe which is going to cause you to pull back, then there is a, there's even an advantage to the farther distance. If you're going there to learn, then the, I don't know. Base Midrash also is a place where you seek out Hashem. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Continuing in the in the Gemara Brachas. Amore Bulevi. Call Misha Yeshlo Besaknesis Beiro, someone who has a uh, shul in his city, Veeno Nichnas Lisham, he does not come into the Besaknesis. Lihispalel, to Davan, obviously. Nikra Shochain Ra, he is called an evil neighbor. Shenemar, like the verse says, Koemar Hashem, thus says Hashem. Al shchene haroyim and the evil neighbors hanogim benachla that uh, touch in a, in a negative way they they uh, they damaging the inheritance of the Jewish people. Vulaod and not only is the person called an evil neighbor, elashegorim golos lo ulevonav, but he causes exile upon himself. And upon his children, like the pasuk says, "Hineni nos som he'al ad masam." Behold, I'm going to carry them away from their land. The as base Yehuda atush mitocham, and and I'm going to even the house of Yehuda. I'm going to move from there. And this is all talking about these evil neighbors. So, what's this concept of? Not coming into a basic to Davin, why does it make a person an evil neighbor? So, what's the concept of evil neighbor? So, a neighbor is someone that. How do you define a neighbor? I want a almost a mathematical definition of a neighbor. Can anyone help me? As uh, if you had to explain to to a computer, into a computer program, what would you put as a neighbor? Now we call a neighbor. Anybody who lives in your city is called a neighbor. How close? Five miles? Uh, three miles? Five hundred feet? Twelve in your house? So neighbor means one that you share a fence with. So someone, someone who, someone who you have a shared boundary with of your territory, right? That's a neighbor. Technical term, neighbor. Yes. Now, what is that concept? It means each person has a place. Neighbor is, you understand that I am a piece within the neighborhood, right? There's a, there's a jigsaw puzzle, there's different people have their places, and I am one of those. There's a, there's a, a hole, and I am a piece of that hole, and the other people together with me make up a neighborhood. Then you're, then you're a good neighbor. A bad neighbor is someone who says, "I'm not really here. I'm 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 doing my own thing." You know, I happen to. I mean, for an American, it's almost impossible to understand what a, what a good neighbor is because it's like that's how everybody is. 
right? Like, what, what do, what do, uh, what do I have to do with with the people living next door to me? It just happens to be that, that I own a house here, and it happens to be that they own a house next to me. Yeah. But fundamentally, fundamentally, neighbors is that we share a, a territory line, which means. I recognize your. Uh, the reason why I don't expand my house, you know, east is because because you, you're over there, right? Uh, so we understand that we are all in it together. We're all connected. And what's a basic nessus? A basic nessus is like its name, a house of gathering, where where the where the yidden gather together to do something together, right? You come together. And if a person is just davening by himself, back in his own house, or he likes to go out to the forest to meditate, whatever he's going to do, right? In other words, his connection, his relationship to Hashem, his clinging to Hashem, is by himself. He's not doing it together with the community. He's not connected to the other. So just like a neighbor in the sense of the neighborhood, so too a basic knesses is a place where we all come together to create a uh, divine presence to dwell amongst us, right? You need a minion, you need at least of people. Let's say they have a minion, so it doesn't make a difference. How you, you need to participate in that. To, that's, that's a shochen toth. So if a person doesn't come into the basic knesses to daven, He's a Shokhen Ra. Obviously, we don't mean that there are multiple Botaknesiot in the city. There's another, there's another shul nearby, and he davens in that shul. That's fine. He has a place. He understands he belongs in the place. We're talking about where he doesn't daven in the shul. He davens by, he likes to daven by himself, nice and peaceful, nice and quiet. Good for you, but you're rejecting the concept of being a member of the cloud. So that's first of all, he's a Shokhen Ra. Is that to say that a person who ever dabbles by themselves is considered shochenra, or is it just a person who who uh, consistently dabbles outside of this knesset? I would I would say consistently. Okay. Yeah, there's always exceptions in life. That's not. It's uh, again, we're going to see here the tremendous power of davening inside of a basic knesset. And hopefully that will be a motivation for us to try our best to, yes, go and dive in the basic knesses. But, uh, okay, things happen in life. Life is complicated. Uh, like we spoke before, that uh, you need to have das to make a shikul to weigh up which situation calls for what. Sometimes there could be overriding considerations. Um, but... Um, now... That was as far as the gathering of the of the of the neighborhood into the basic knesses. That was one point. But there's another point. What are you gathering for? You're gathering to cling to Hashem for dvekus. That's what we've been saying the whole time. That that's what tefillah is. Prayer is connecting to Hashem. So now, if the person is not connecting in. He's not going to the place of connection. I mean, the basic knesses, besides the get, it's like, you can imagine the basic knesses does two things. It brings everyone together. That's like a horizontal movement. And then it establishes a vertical column of a connection upstairs to Hashem. So if a person is not going to the place, first of all, he's not going to a place of gathering. So he's not gathering. He's not working together with everyone else. And second of all, he's not going to the place of connection upstairs so if he's not connected upstairs there's a posuk that Chazal Darshan in the Torah uh, now the Torah seems to say the posuk rhetorically is a man uh, a, a, um, a tree of the field but when Chazal analyzed the posuk carefully he doesn't say he is a Adam the, the, the words are actually arranged such a way that it says that yes, a man is like a tree. In what way is a man like a tree? 
he's not a tree. Hopefully we all know that. The man's not a tree. But he is, to a certain extent, he could be viewed as a tree. Namely what? That just like a tree has roots and then a trunk and branches, so to a man has roots and trunk and branches. But, as I'll say, we're an upside-down tree with our roots being connected upstairs, connected to Hashem, connected up into the spiritual worlds. And then the trunk uh, comes out here, and then the branches and the fruits and everything is, 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 is down here in a perceptible way. So if a person is not connected upstairs, it's like as if the roots have been chopped away. He's not connecting upstairs. So the roots of a tree have been chopped away. So what's going to happen when the first time the wind blows? It's going to carry away the tree. Right? In other words, that having that disconnect of the branches causes exile to the person. So that's why that's why it causes him to be exiled, because exile is when you're moved out of your spot. Why are you being moved out of your spot? Why are you not so firmly connected to your spot that the wind can't push you away? Answer is the, the roots have been cut. The person doesn't have that connection. And why is it an exile, not only to him, but also to his children? Because the children are, are like the branches. If the, if, the, if the person is like the trunk, the children are like the branches. So if his roots have been cut by his own actions, then not only he's going to be exiled, but even his children are going to be exiled. And the example with the tree specifically say? Say again? The example with the tree Side of example. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good example. Yes. What about if he goes to the show but he doesn't doubt it? He eats donuts there? What, what, what's yeah, the advantage of eating donuts? That, that's actually a negative thing. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, let's see if we have time for one more before before we've got Mariv. This Nisiv uh, Ha'avoda, the pathway of divine service by the Maral in his book Nisiv Soul, the way, pathways of the world. So one more, one more Chazal before Mariv. The uh, again the Gemara and Brachas over there and Davav Amud base. Someone who davens in the behind. Me outside the shul, behind the shul, is called a rasha. It's called an evil doer, an evil person. Like the pasuk says, "Saviv rishoyim is halchun." The rishoyim walk around. So, the people that are inside, that are diving inside the base aknasis, they're the, they're doing the right thing. The person he's diving outside the shul. He's called a rush. But here the Gemara is calling it behind the shul, behind the basic nessus. And on that says Abaye, that's only Amar Abaye, Lo Amran Ella, Dolo Mehader Ape Lebeknishta. That's only if he didn't turn his face towards the wall of the shul. But if he's facing towards the shul, for whatever reason he's diving outside, I don't know why, he needs the fresh air. But at least he's facing towards the building, then he's not called a Russian. Now, the truth is that there is a big machlaikis Rishonim on this Gemara right here what Abai means. Uh, many understand that this statement is being made if he's davening in the back of the shul. Why? Like, like the Gemara says, I'm spelling Ahuri Beisaknasis. Ahuri can be, can be read as the back of. Why? Because then if he's in the back of the shul, so again, imagine we're over here, we're all facing east. We're diving towards towards Yerushalayim, towards the Temple Mount, towards where the base of stood, towards the Holy of Holies. Now he is standing in the back, in the back of the shul. So say the Rishonim that what Abai means is if he faces towards the shul, then really he's facing also the same direction we're all facing. And he's also face, uh, davening towards 
Yerushalayim, towards the Harabais, towards the Kodesh HaKadosh. Then he's okay. Because he's davening in the same direction that we're davening. He's davening, so to speak. He's in line. He's aligned with where the congregation is davening. He's in line with them. But if he stands in the back over there and he davens the other way, away from the basic classes, we're davening east, he's davening west, he's got his back towards us, that's a Russia. But the Maharal and many others understand that that's not, that's not the intention of the Chazal. Because it says if he faces towards the shul, and that would be true even if he was standing in front of the shul, or to, to the north, or to the south, to the sides of the shul, wherever the entrance is, doesn't make a difference. And the point is, he has to be facing towards the shul. If he's davening and he's got his back towards the shul, no matter, we don't care which directions in the world. What matters is, is he facing towards the shul? Because really, the Arna Kodesh, that, that ark over there, is the miniature representation of the Holy of Holies. And if he's facing with back to the shul, then continues the Gemara, there was a story with one person, that he was davening and he had his back towards the shul, and Eliyahu Novi appeared in the form of, a, of an Arab writer, and he rode by and he took out a sword and, and cut him in half. Right? So what's the, what's the concept? The concept is you're cutting yourself off from the community. You're cutting yourself off from the Beis HaKnesis. Beis we all come together, we become one. And this person is turning his back to this, to this holy gathering, to where the Jewish people are coming together to recognize our one creator. And we spoke about this before, just like Hashem is one up there. We are one down here. That's one-to-one relationship. It's, it's an intimacy between Hashem and the Jewish people. To do that, we have to be one. And the Jewish people are coming together to be one, and this person is breaking himself away, which says the morale, that's why he's called a Russia. Russia, from a language of uh, Ra, is broken. Like, uh, like the Pesach like the says, break it, break it, smash it. Right? Or, like we say in the Haggadah Shal Pesach, why is the second son called a Russia? Because he says, what is this service to you, to you, but not to me? He, he took himself out. He views himself as, in the, I'm independent. I'm, I'm my own man. I'm, I'm a true American, right? America is built on individualism, right? So individualism is the antithesis of, of, of what uh, the Jewish people being one, united together, being a vessel for receiving the, the single kingship of Hashem amongst us, right? This person is, is, uh, is going against that. So that's uh, uh, all to be found in the basic Knesset, the power of davening in the basic Knesset.